It's This Week in Bourbon, and it's time to party for Pursuit Palooza. Here's your headlines for June 9th, 2023. Virginia liquor officials said that they're taking steps to now automate the random lottery process. There's a new highly anticipated third annual release of Russell's Reserve 13-year-old bourbon and the launch of Hardin's Creek, the Kentucky series, which is three different 17-year-old bourbons. But before we get started, here's a quick word from our partners. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com. And you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. And they're off for another Get 270-2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. Hey everybody, welcome back to This Week in Bourbon. After we took a little bit of a hiatus last week, we were in different parts of, well, you were in a different part of the world. I was in a different part of the United States, but we had some time away to reflect on where bourbon is actually happening outside of Louisville. Yeah, and now being punished, coming back with email hell and phone call hell <laughs> you know it's uh i was telling someone i was like this was the first trip i've taken in years where i'd really tried not to check my phone and emails and this and that and it was awesome and i felt like ah, oh, i felt ready to just alive and and then monday hits and it's like that was a mistake <laughs> i should have spent an hour each day <laughs> staying on tackling top of emails that's okay yeah i actually i kind of followed that mentality i did my best to stay off of it all day long but as i laid down for bed starting around 10 or 11 o'clock that's when i'd start going through and either answering stuff or deleting things just to start clearing the inbox but yeah it's uh it's a lot but you know there's other good things it's like i got you to come back home and we started scrubbing <laughs> toilets to uh to start yeah. getting ready for our second annual pursuit palooza yeah i'm not only a talented blender i'm very good at cleaning old pee off the uh, <laughs> toilets for god knows how long they've been there in this warehouse that we're now 
have taken on and now bleeding cash like <laughs> like crazy because we're waiting on permits. We'll get into that as another time, I'm sure. But anyways, uh, excited about Palooza. I can't believe it's been a year. Last year was, uh, I feel like it took me a year to recover. So I guess I'm now I'm ready for another we one. We made but it here. The first year was uh, really good. It was fun. Awesome. I think everyone had a good time. And so they wanted to come again. So we're, we're bringing it. You've done a great job with doing some different things this year and making it exciting and showcasing you know a lot of good brands and facilities and whatnot so it should be a fun time yeah, I'm, and we're excited to see all our all the fans that's that's for sure i mean i'm excited to have everybody come in it's one of those things that if you are unaware what soup palooza is it's an event that we have now thrown for the second year upcoming and fingers crossed that we can still continue to do this but it takes a lot of effort and coordination but it's really supposed to be a way that we invite all of you know at least not everybody, but at least 100 to 110 people in our Patreon community to come and kind of have an insider experience for bourbon, I don't know, experiences. I don't know, bourbon, what do you would call it? Like, I don't want to say a bourbon insider experience, but it is a, it is a, it is a thing like that. But yeah, it's like a, it's like a basketball camp. <laughs> like when you go to fantasy camp, I don't know. Like that. Fantasy camp. Yeah. 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 It's like a bourbon fantasy which that sounds weird, <laughs> I don't want any fantasy. Yeah, there's no fantasy. But, <laughs> but it was one of those things that other people put on events like this, but it's very, it's too educational. And I didn't want to do that because you could rent out a hotel lobby and get some breakout rooms and do that sort of thing. But I was just like, man, I want this to be a party. And that's kind of what it all boiled down to. So I know on Friday, we've got some, we'll be splitting buses up and some people will be touring Brown Foreman's Cooperage, which you don't just get to do a Brown Foreman Cooperage. There's only a certain select amount of people that can do that. So I'm very thankful we've, and by the way, for everything we've done this, this is all built on relationships over the years. It's not just where nobody's made some phone calls. I mean, this is just a long time of, of being able to nurture these relationships and and also making people more fans of their brand. And so being able to go tour Brown Foreman's Cooperage, and then the other bus will be doing uh, a whole experience at the Fraser History Museum, where they get to go and get a guided tour of everything. Plus, you get a whole Pursuit United uh, overview, as well as tasting by Ryan and I. So add that to the bucket list, right? Checkbox there. I didn't even know we we're doing. Oh that, yeah, so. yeah, you right. signed up for it, buddy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> read read the itinerary. All right. Well, I've I've received it several times. <laughs> to be fair, I haven't looked at it. Sorry, it's at least forty thousand characters, so I can understand. It's a lot to digest. <laughs> it's I I did look at some things. So, <laughs> I'm uh, glad you skimmed. I, I do know I need to. I'll be going. Well, you'll talk about the second day. But anyways, well, go ahead. It, it's, speaking of that, I told I sent it to Fred. I was like, hey, Fred, let me know what you're going to be there for. And he goes like, I only see Thursday and Saturday. I'm like, ah, oh, geez, Fred, like you got to read closer. <laughs> so you're not the only one. Fred just if it, it's, it has to be like a typed out letter does. and ma mailed to his, his home for <laughs> he doesn't like digital documents. Sent via carrier pigeon. That's right. And then so we'll be doing a thing at the Frasier. Then after that, well, actually, not even after that, the bus will be coming back to the Frasier. And we've got a Sagamore RTD happy hour, something that we had dreamed up last year. So I'm really glad that we can uh, have our folks from Sagamore come in and be able to provide that. That's going to be a very unique experience that's never been done before. And then after that, we've got our own, I guess we'll call it a Palooza, but it's like our own mini bourbon fest where we invited 12 
small to medium-sized brands to be able to come in, showcase their product, have all kinds of tables. There'll be food trucks with all you can eat and stuff like that too. So really excited about that as well as the venue. And then on Saturday, we start venturing out to Versailles in Lexington, where we're going to have the first bus. We'll be going to Castle and Key, and they get a whole in-depth Castle and Key experience. I keep using the word experience too much, but a, a whole background from another direct descendant of Colonel E.H. Taylor himself. And then the other bus will be going to Silver Springs Training Center, which is a thoroughbred horse breeding and horse racing farm to be able to actually go and see horses go on practice tracks. And at the same exact time, you're going to go and be selecting a Pursuit Series single barrel. So you've got that as the first part of the day. And then the second half of the day is kind of, I don't know, a Palooza round two, the reception, whatever you want to call it. Shout out to Eric Carrico, who's been a, a longtime supporter of ours. If you have uh, you can listen to a back podcast. He did. He he owns a bunch of Airbnbs and he has one that's really now focused on the Bourbon Trail. And he's he owns the Woodford Hotel that is in Versailles, Kentucky, which you can actually go and rent out. So go and check that out. But we're going to have the whole house to ourselves, catered food the entire night, as well as uh, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of bourbon that I have been collecting in boxes that'll be available for everybody to go and have at it. So one more bottle that's out of the basement. I guess that's the best way to look at it. Yeah, I think there was over a hundred I loaded into your car and I was like, Kenny, just leave them there. <laughs> don't bring them back here. We don't need any more bottles <laughs> in here. So, uh, no, I'm super excited. This was a blast last year. Excited to see how it all goes. I think it's a great lineup of events and experiences, as you say. So, uh, yeah, let's, I'm sure we're, Come Monday, we'll be like, oh, man, too much. That was, that was, that was too much. But uh, it, it'll be a blur. And I'm excited to, to meet and see everyone. I, I think a bottle per person is a pretty good ratio. Wouldn't you say for a, a bottle share? I would think so. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a, it's two days. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and start diving in with some bourbon news. Unless you have any other updates or anything like that that you're doing over the next few weeks that you want to put out there. Oh gosh, I I can't even think about the next few weeks. Uh, I've been thinking about this <laughs> just week. recovering from last week, this week, Nick. Uh, I, I am well. It doesn't really matter because it's a private event, so never mind. <laughs> I have one next week at the Omni, but it's not open to the public. So well, there you go. <laughs> Anyways, and then I'll also be presenting to the Frankfurt Bourbon Society on June 29th. So if you are a member of that, please go sign up. Love to see you there. Yeah, I saw your name on that. Am I going? I don't know. Do you want to go? Can I go? Do you want to go? Can sure. I go? Sure. Can yeah. I go? More, more the merrier. Okay. Let's see. All right. Yeah. I did like how you put KC on it. So. <laughs> That's That was a request from my wife. She was like, in our shared calendar, can you at least put what events you're going to and what events that Ryan's going to? So I'm not surprised by anything. I was like, sure. You get yeah, it. so I don't yell at you about any events you didn't tell me about. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That Tiffany's requested the same thing, except I never enacted on it. So thank you for... Being the catalyst, it's, uh, it's it's all about just small little incremental moving forward, right? So just getting better as we go. That's right. All right. Well, this first one, it's not long, and it's just literally one sentence, but I put it because I'm pissed off at it, and that's because the American Beverage Licensees, the ABL, the executive director John Bodnovich has issued a statement in opposition of the USPS Shipping Equity Act. I don't think it deserves any more 
context in that and the fact that I don't agree with John and I think you shouldn't either. <laughs> Boo John. Boo John. <laughs> All right. Moving on. So here is our one of our first headlines. So Virginia liquor officials said that they're taking steps to automate the random lottery process for rare bottles after an outcry from bourbon enthusiasts who say the state bungled a recent lottery and allowed some entrants to win multiple bottles despite steep odds of that outcome occurring naturally. The leadership of the Virginia Alcoholic Beverage Control Authority discussed the lottery issues Tuesday morning during a meeting of the authority's board of directors. And ABC officials told the board a problem occurred in the last lottery, which had more than 40,000 entries. And due to a breakdown in Excel sorting, referring to the commonly used data processing software, Microsoft Excel, the authority was using Excel to sort through lottery entries and determine the winners. And the authority also offered assurances that the possibility for human or spreadsheet errors would be reduced under a new system that would require less human oversight to pick winners at random. Officials indicated the new system will be implemented immediately and is expected to be formally announced within the next round of lottery results to go out. Officials said they weren't sure if allowing multiple entries contributed to some people to defy the odds to win multiple bottles, but it does address some more diligently verified going forward, they said, by checking them using location data from Google. The authority will also be implementing a stronger review process to check the results for statistical anomalies. And statements that from the ABC had posted on Facebook about the matter have been followed by a flood of skeptical responses, which Ryan might like, that says many are questioning why the state should even be in the business of running liquor lotteries. This is... This is incredible. We're even having this discussion <laughs> <laughs> about automating a lottery in the year 2023. This is for bourbon, by the way. State bourbon. State state governments at your finest. That's what your tax dollars go to. Well, uh, as as they like as we like to say, we make incremental improvement incremental improvements, and so are they. <laughs> Babies, they're they're failing yeah. forward one one decade at a time. Yeah, I mean, all it took was just like screwing up a whole allocation of George T. Stag and have your whole I don't know your voting party pissed off at you. But what are you gonna do? You're the government. They have to do it. They they have no choice. Oh man, this is comical. Beyond it's like th there's been randomizers for <laughs> that. Somebody fat thumbed an Excel Excel sheet and screwed up the whole damn raffle. It's funny. Yeah. Well, there's there's always gonna be somebody that tries to manipulate the system, but in this time they kind of just did it to themselves. That's yeah. right. All right. So here we go into lawsuit chat. So two comedians who named their Scotch whiskey after their on-screen characters have won a trademark dispute against Jack Daniels, Greg Hemphill, and Ford Kiernan launched their whiskey called Jack and Victor in 2021, which is named after their characters in the BBC Scotland sitcom Still Game. The UK Intellectual Property Office ruled in favor of Jack and Victor and said the trademark application could proceed to registration. Tennessee whiskey brand Jack Daniels, which is also owned by Brown Foreman, has trademarked the terms Jack and Gentleman Jack in the UK. The American whiskey argued Jack and Victor could, could mislead consumers into thinking it was endorsed by the brand and that Jack and Victor would benefit from its global reputation. Hemphill said the popularity of Still Game, which aired in its ninth series in 2019, meant the names Jack and Victor had become synonymous with the characters and that there was no evidence the duo would take advantage of Jack Daniels' reputation. Jack Daniels has been ordered to pay a sum of $3,958 in U.S. currency to Jack and Victor to cover the costs of the hearing. Interesting. I, I would have thought Jack would have won, but um, I, UK versus I U.S. courts, it. it could be a whole different yeah. ball game there. They they might not care as much as we care over here when it comes to protecting the name. 
Yeah, that's that's wild. But I mean, go Jack and Victor. Yeah, yeah. they fought the law and the actually they won. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. How about it? All right. Well, I guess the law won. Well, yeah, I guess the law did work in your favor there. So, way to go, Jack and Victor. Yeah. Never heard of steel game, but whatever. Yeah. Well, I will say that you know, when it does come to Brown Foreman and Jack, they have been very good about appealing and adhering to trademark and stuff like that. Because I don't know if anybody else knows this, but we actually have a trademark on the Bourbon Pursuit logo that nobody else can use a microphone and barrel icon. Like that's a registered trademark, like from Bourbon Pursuit. And Jack Daniels also has their own podcast where they talk about, you know, everything Jack Daniels. And of course they came out with a logo that had the, a a similar yet confusing mark. And so I sent a nice little telegram and saying, Hey, we have this trademark. Here's, here's the trademark. Here's our registration serial number. And within probably a week it was fixed. Like they changed their logo. So, you know, hats out to them. They're, they're doing good things in the, the law department over there. Yeah. I can't believe you sent a telegram. (laughs) Well, I had to make sure somebody reads it. That's right. All right. So on to not really bourbon news, but I guess you can call it celebrity news. So Sean Diddy Combs has sued Diageo, alleging that the spirits company has neglected his Deleon, 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 D-E-L-E-O-N, I think Deleon. De Leon, okay, De Leon Tequila, and it, it at, that it co-owns with the music mogul. At the time, the lawsuit says that Diageo has poured its resources into two other tequilas, including Casamigos, which is the George Clooney-backed brand that Diageo agreed to buy in 2017 for up to one billion dollars. Combs also accused Diageo of racial discrimination, alleging in a court filing that the company had pigeonholed De Leon, De Leon, De Leon. De Leon, De Leon <laughs> urban and described as a black brand. Diageo denied the allegations. Combs Wine and Spirits, which is a company owned by Combs, filed the complaint Wednesday in New York State Supreme Court in Manhattan against Diageo's North American business. Combs is seeking a court injunction to compel Diageo to comply with their 2013 joint venture agreement, as well as subs- subsequent written agreements between Combs and Diageo that the partners signed to resolve complaints by Combs, according to the court, fi- according to the court filing. Combs for years has complained that Diageo executives about how the spirits giant has managed his brand, according to the court filing. Among the issues, he writes that there was chronically out-of-stock products, a tiny distribution footprint, botched redesign, and confusing changes on pricing. Combs has also protested a decision by Diageo to not allocate available agave to his brand during the shortage tequila back in 2020 and 2021. Combs has a business portfolio that includes fashion, spirits, media, and cannabis, and in 2007, Diageo and Combs formed a partnership to develop Diageo's Ciroc Vodka brand. And Combs took responsibility for the brand's strategic marketing and worked with Diageo on developing new Ciroc products. And Ciro- sales of Ciroc grew rapidly after the deal. Diageo said Wednesday that it has, however, treated Combs fairly. Yeah, it's interesting because he has Ciroc or Ciroc, whatever. I can't say it like you can't say DeLeon. 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 What's fascinating about this is like, Usually when there's a lawsuit about race, it's the other way, <laughs> like saying it's not diverse enough or saying, you know, in, in this case, they're saying, no, no, it's too diverse. Or it's, it's like it, it's fascinating that that that's the argument there. Um, 
I, I don't understand this. I, I don't, it seems like Diddy's got enough money and it, it just seems like kind of like a power struggle or power game or nothing. Just speculate, pure speculation here, but uh, it's fascinating to witness. Uh, I read this and I was just like barf uh, on the all fronts. I guess this will be a, a testament for big brands that like how involved do you want to get into celebrity brands as well because yeah. this is that's i mean that's what they they rely on them to go and do this this is just one more revenue stream for them they're not like they don't put their passion behind it he's you know i don't think sean's out there chopping agave leaves in the fields no he's uh, he just wants them to do all the work and it's just another revenue stream which by to be fair like he's got his hands in plenty of different places yeah it's i i'm trying to i i, I guess i I don't understand <laughs> this. Diageo owns the brand, right? Does he own a percentage? Yeah, it's a or partnership. Still, it's a joint. Sorry, okay, a joint venture agreement is what it is. Okay, but the, like, I guess if you're going to do this, like, what happens after the suit? Do you like okay, business back as usual? <laughs> you know, thanks for paying me damages or, damn it, you screwed me over. Yeah, I would like. I would say this I, is a breakup letter. Yeah, so I guess assuming Xerox can out of Diageo too, but I, I would imagine because our next story is that maybe he's so pissed off that Sean Diddy Combs has now launched Diddy Direct. It's a first of its kind. I saw this too. It's a first of its kind direct to consumer le- liquor retailer. And the platform has been created to help retailers and consumers conveniently find and acquire and purchase the products in Combs' spirits portfolio, including all C-Rock vodka expressions and that tequila brand. I can't say De Leon tequila variants. This platform is a game changer for the spirits industry, and we're proud to offer consumers and retailers direct access to our portfolio of premium spirits. With with Diddy Direct, by the way, this is his quote. With Diddy Direct, we're setting a new standard for direct-to-retailer and direct-to-consumer experiences and bringing the best of comb spirits directly to anyone and anywhere in the country. Diddy Direct gives consumers and retailers information on where to find each of Combs Spirits brands and allows them to purchase the products for delivery, if possible, in their area. If delivery isn't available, the platform directs consumers to the nearest purchase site. It also includes an interactive national map to geolocate local businesses and distributors. So if you can't find De Leon tequila or Ciroc vodka, he says, I'll get it to you. Diddy Direct is now available across the U.S. (laughs) Diddy Direct. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) So instead of just, I don't know, working with Drizzly or Reserve Bar, he said, let me just go build a whole new distribution platform. Now, that goes back to your original comment of going, all right, this guy's just got way too much money. <laughs> right. Or he's going to try to take the the lawsuit winnings and file Diddy or fund Diddy Direct with this. There, there's too many words going on with Diddy. <laughs> too many Ds. And, <laughs> yeah, too many Ds. But uh, I like this side. I mean, I read this, but it is weird how they're coming out kind of like Cohen, you know, around right around the same time. It's it's weird. Yeah, uh, it must have been brewing for a little bit. And he goes, "I'm." He, he, you're right. This is definitely a breakup letter to Diageo. So he's going to go and figure out distribution himself. But uh, I don't think he realizes maybe all the marketing efforts you're going to put into it. And it's not going to just be Facebook ads to make sure people can buy direct because we still de- we talk to the one percenters of bourbon every single day, and they don't even buy bourbon on Seal Box and all this other kind of stuff. But people. Like, yeah, it's available. Like, you you can get it, but everybody just thinks that it's illegal or something. It'd be funny if George Clooney is, like, a spokesperson. <laughs> <forward or> <laughs> Considering you sold the brand and no longer a part of it. Yeah. I love that. 
All right. So uh, take a minute, relax, breathe, because this was a it's it's a long press release. It's just interesting. So I'll kind of just soothe you with my voice here. So U.S. based Barrel Global is announcing the launch of its new barrel ownership service, offering consumers a piece of the action. With the appetite for American whiskey on the rise and private barrels driving enormous gains for distilleries, Barrel Global seeks out smaller startup bourbon brands to give connoisseurs, collectors, and average consumers a personal stake in barrel ownership. With an initial focus in the U.S. and Asia, Barrel Global allows bourbon enthusiasts with a bit of patience to purchase a younger spirit at a lower price point, oversee its maturation and bottle design, then bring it to market or resell the barrel. Founded by whiskey expert and entrepreneur George Koutsakis. Koutsakis. That's what I'm going to go with. He's a longtime spirits veteran with deep connections across Scotch, Japanese, Irish, and American whiskey. Barrel Global has partnered with an exciting roster lineup of up-and-coming distilleries in the U.S. and to create world-class experiences while offering a range of price points to make ownership more accessible to everyone. So here's how Barrel Global works. Through its online portal at BarrelGlobal.com, consumers can schedule an intake call with a representative from the company's bourbon experts to request a barrel reservation from some of the finest American whiskey-producing regions in the U.S. Like other private barrel programs, consumers may request samples from various barrels and distilleries to truly personalize their selection. Upon payment, legal certification is issued to the buyer, conveying full barrel rights to the purchaser. During the maturation process, barrels are stored in a secure warehouse either at the distillery of origin or at Barrel's, Barrel Global's bonded warehouse in Kentucky. Owning a barrel puts the consumer in complete control of when it's reached peak maturation. However, Barrel Global adheres to a two-year minimum aging that meets bourbon's legal requirements, and with four, uh, that would be with straight, and with four years and older being the industry standard. Along the way, owners may schedule visits to the distillery or warehouse to check on their barrel and pull samples to check on its taste profile and color. At the bottling stage, Barrel Global facilitates the design, packaging, and legally compliant shipping of the bottles. Barrel Global further customizes the experience by allowing consumers to create personalized labels. For buyers looking to sell bottles commercially, Barrel Global helps with attaining cola uh, and cola, which is your label approval through TTV, and complying with the three-tier system, both legal requirements of buying and selling spirits in the U.S. market. Additionally, at any point of barrel ownership, the customer may resell the barrel to another interested party. And here's your current distilling partners. They include Revelton Distillery and Oskil, Oskil, O-S-C-E-O-L-A, Osceola, Osceola, Iowa, Osceola. We'll go with Osceola. Osceola, Iowa. Dueling Grounds Distillery in Franklin, Kentucky. Cole Pick Distillery in Drakesboro, Kentucky, among others. For hotels and retail outlets, Barrel Global offers immediate inventory of H Dock from Kentucky-based Green River, and bourbon barrel prices vary, starting around $1,750 for a slightly aged whiskey, with costs increasing to around $6,000 or more for a more mature spirit. So when you pay the $1,750, does, so you bought it, but that doesn't include bottling and all that stuff? No, that's just the barrel price. It's, I'm, I'm going to assume Gotcha. That because... There's so many variables that go into there about how expensive your glass is going to be, how much foil, the stamps, and right. all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So I would assume that that is going to be not including in the price, not included. But maybe I guess still, if you do, uh, if you buy it at seventeen, I mean, this is a good idea for. I, I could see this for hotels, businesses. You know that single barrel picks are kind of getting more and more exclusive to just 
certain folks. So this, I think it's a good idea for certain people. Especially if you want to do an in-house brand and kind of have it be. Yeah, without doing. Without doing know. what we do, because we have to like, manage. Yeah, without being dumbasses like us. <laughs> we literally have to manage every step of the process and it's not an easy feat by any means. So if you can outsource some of this sort of stuff to make it easier, then yeah, I could totally see a market for something like this. Yeah, and like too, like I, I, I could see people doing this for like your kids or or like a cool like birthday present or you know like a ten year anniversary or something like laying down. I don't know. I could see that a lot things, a lot of things going. There's a lot of ways this could be used. At first, I was kind of rolling my eyes and then I was thinking about. It. I was like, oh, it's a pretty good idea. I think. Yeah. I just wouldn't want to manage it. Good God. Sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. We, we, All these idiots <laughs> showing up to the warehouse. I want to try it. It's 18 months old. <laughs> We're like, can you wait like another 18 months and then and then we can start talking? It's like, well, we just made it through another season. I think we should set up an appointment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to want to just, that's that would probably be the hard part of checking on your barrel too often. Like there has to be some sort of guardrails or something or charging for samples to pull there has to be a fee that's annoyingly expensive to deter people from doing that multiple times I'm sure people want to do it every six months to see how it changes and yeah you don't want to do that so are to do the sorry if you said this do the barrels age at each respective location or is it at one location? they can they can the, age at the respective location or you can have them go to their private barrel warehouse that's located in kentucky too gotcha interesting all right. Well, I like it. Yeah. The only thing that's not included in here that says is uh, insurance and storage costs. So who knows? Because if that's the case, then these prices actually aren't too far off. We would know. Not a bad deal. Unfortunately, we yeah. do know. I just paid a, another insurance bill yesterday. If y'all want to buy some barrels from us, we got, <laughs> <laughs> got a bunch. We'll give you a $50 discount compared to what these are, too. <laughs> that's right. Also, uh, shout out to Eric Carrico in the chat. Uh, it's pronounced Ocala. So the, the place in Iowa. So Ocala, Revelton Distillery in Ocala, Iowa. So apologies to all our Iowa listeners out there. I, Sorry, Ocala. And... Yeah, I don't do geography very well, apparently. All right, let's keep yeah. going here. So the growth of bourbon production has put a lot of pressure on barrel manufacturers to produce more barrels to keep up with increased demand. And when making bourbon which is, of course, America's native spirit, the TTB requires distillers to use new charred oak barrels. And now oak barrels, um, or should I say, Independent Stave, which is the industry's largest manufacturer of barrels, is taking action now to plan for not only its future, but the future of the winemakers and distillers around the world. Independent Stave has purchased 8,016 forested acres in the south-central region of Kentucky near the town of Somerset. The land was purchased for its abundance of mature stave-quality oak logs. And over the next several years, independent stave log procurement will work with local loggers to sustainably harvest wood from the land to supply the company's stave mill facilities in Kentucky and the adjacent states. Other hardwood species will also be sustainably harvested from the property to support sawmills and other industries in the area. Hmm. Very cool. I didn't know that they need more wood. I always thought it was the stave mill problem. At least that's what people Well, say. we'll be having somebody on the podcast here in the next few weeks that definitely, when I say next few weeks, we'll be recording in the next few weeks because there has been a few articles that either came out in Forbes or New York Times or something like that that talked about 
the looming shortage that we are going to see from a raw materials perspective. And I felt like this story comes up once every year, but apparently it's bigger than what I thought it was going to be. Because remember when we have Andrew Wiebrink of ISC on, he basically said, yeah, I mean, we, we have wood. You got to look at new construction for homes. Like that's what eats up a lot of the, um, the oak and everything like that too. So we'll, we'll see what, what comes of it, but I'd be interested to kind of hear more about the sustainability practices and, and what's going on here in the future, Tim. Yeah. It's, it makes you think, you wonder if the industry as a whole needs to wrap their head around, uh, if we need to do the new chart oak every time, um, you know, so I don't know. Now I'll tell you what, the new chart oak thing, Cause there's, I, there's... I can still get behind the new chart oak thing. I think where I'm sort of losing my grasp is the whole double oaked um, and the toasted and all that sort of stuff where it's literally used for like a few weeks to a few months and that's it. Right. And I think that is a, that's a big waste of space and uh, a big change to it. The one thing that, I mean, of course, if you're doing that, it's still considered bourbon because it's touching fresh oak container. But I mean, I like what we're doing in regards of working with oak alternative products. And that's what a lot of other people do. Penelope's Architect, that's what that's using oak alternatives. Uh, Makers 46, that's a oak alternative product. And when you start looking at that, that is a more sustainable way of being able to start producing innovation and everything like that too. So I'll be interested to kind of see how other people will jump on to potentially using oak alternatives instead of having to just buy barrels and use them for, you know, a few weeks to a few months and then having to chuck them to somewhere else. Yeah, not I, I'm, you know, we're big fans of the oak alternatives. I think it just from a sustainability standpoint, it makes sense. But that's not why we use them. We use them. Don't the, say that. Now you're, you're, you're ruining a marketing angle. We do it because we care about sustainability, right? <laughs> well, we do. We, we, we are, you know, lead certified and looking for carbon negative and this, <laughs> we, uh, we but, are, uh, we're, we're carbon super negative. <laughs> we're, we're carbon super negative. We don't even have a space. So we're, <laughs> so we're, we're, we're not even heating our warehouse or air conditioning it. So, um, but the consistency you can do with these oak alternatives is what I really like. And the flavors are just as good as the, you know, secondary barrels finishes. So I, yeah, I, I, I get what I think you're right in the secondary. I, I do. But sometimes the new chart oak things is just kind of like if you're going to it just depends on like because a lot of product that just is like putting RTDs and like, you know, just kind of low-end products that it doesn't really matter and so i don't know it's like somewhere we could change somewhere where it, it, you know if for it to be a kentucky straight or a straight product maybe it has to be new chart oak but if it's going to be into something else to be classified as bourbon it doesn't have to be in a new chart oak does that make sense it does but i think you should probably start drafting up your bill now to start putting it towards congress well that it's yeah it, you saw how fast they're to move with uh randomizers and um <laughs> and lotteries i'm sure this will get put right to the we top. just need people to get pissed off about it and then really complain maybe that's that's all it takes so if we told them that people aren't going to be getting your george t stag anymore who knows that's right <laughs> all right here's our last news article and this is one because uh, this really pushes the boundaries i guess you could say and we know we talked about it as a joke but 
it's real. It's happening. So let's go and dive into it. Mystic Galactic Bourbon, which is the first bourbon to be aged in outer space, has announced the selection. Ooh, it's, it's back, back baby. Has <laughs> announced the selection of an orbiter vendor. So here's the quote. While there are several companies in the sector who are willing to provide us with launch services, we're excited to announce that we are beginning the contracting part process with TEC, whose Nix Orbiter, and that's Nix is N-Y-X, has the ideal payload capability for our mission. And this is from Mystic founder Jonathan Blitz. He said that we're impressed with TEC's ability to accommodate 10 full 53-gallon barrels, and they were also willing to provide us with exclusive use of their orbiter for the full year we require for the orbital aging process. The oak barrels themselves will be modified for space travel. The carbon steel hoops, which are prone to rusting, will be replaced with titanium, and the interior and the interior of the barrels will be fitted with stainless steel baffles to prevent sloshing. We were pretty surprised when we realized that the normal's angel share losses could leave enough room in the barrels to create a dangerous level of sloshing and instability upon re-entry. If a spacecraft starts moving around unpredictably, you could experience a total mission failure. And that's what he also added. Mystic has partnered with West Virginia Great Barrel Company, the original manufacturers of the barrels, to do the upgrades required for the mission. The bourbon release is limited to only 1,500 bottles, with the first 1,000 entering presale last week at a whopping $75,000 per bottle. The bourbon will age at least four years, with the first three years on Earth and the final year in orbit around Earth. Each bottle will be packed in an aluminum flight case and will include a 50 milliliter sample, as well as a piece from one of the barrels from orbit. I mean, scientists didn't realize that liquid sloshing around a container would cause movement. <laughs> 10 barrels of 53, that's 500 gallons. That's a lot of, I mean, I'm a redneck lawn care owner and I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I mean, the the part where the, the dots start lining up for me when it's like $75,000 a bottle, you're going like, oh God, that seems like a lot. And I go, how much do you think they're paying on consulting fees to go and figure out aerospace dynamics of bourbon? forget about oak sustainability this is a waste of this is <laughs> oh man yeah that's what I, I saw this and it's just like there's just so much going on here but i had to give an update because and wait so the inside okay so it's going into a new charred oak barrel then they're inserting stainless steel into the barrel it says the what? interior of the barrels will be fitted with stainless steel baffles to prevent sloshing so I guess I should probably look and like, what's a baffle? I mean, uh, it's I know what it is, but to it, baffle is to, to restrain or regulate is basically what it means. So it's just gonna basically stop it from sloshing is what it's gonna do. But I would, I mean, I would imagine that if you're if you're in space, it's not gonna really be sloshing. Like it's just gonna be kind of like hovering in a motion in a you know. In an anti in an anti gravity state, and then I think maybe their big concern is re entry because you know you're coming down at I don't know how many miles per hour, but it's enough that you need heat shields to be able to make sure that it doesn't catch on fire, and uh, you're literally putting flammable liquids into into something. So Mike Mike says it's likely a screen that slows the movement of liquid. I guess this is in no. He says tanker he says truck. The same thing you see on tanker trucks, you see on the highway. See, that's why we need smart people that can help us fill in this this sort of stuff. Because I had no idea that even baffles existed on those. That's that's baffling. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Uh, and then Matthew on the chat says, this brings a new meaning to the term toasted. Buddy. That's right. <laughs> but All right. We'll stick around. Rocket We'll toasted. be back with some bourbon release news. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it uh, a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And you can get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S.com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Hey everybody, Bourbon Release News time coming at you. We got just a few to go through. I, you know, that's what happens when we take a week off. There's there's more things to talk about. So here's the highlights. And here's the first one. So Bib and Tucker Small Batch Bourbon is announcing the release of Bib and Tucker Double Char Bourbon. So this Double Char is first aged for six years in the rolling hills of Tennessee in new white American oak, followed by a minimum of five months in a secondly heavy, heavily charred and smoked new barrel. As a Tennessee bourbon, Bibb & Tucker follows the Lincoln County process unique to the state, meaning the bourbon is filtered through sugar maple charcoal before going into the barrel for aging. For double char, to pay homage to the Lincoln County process, the second barrel is smoked with sugar maple before being filled with the brand's six-year aged bourbon. The double char six-year-old small batch bourbon whiskey has an SRP of $55 and is bottled at 88 proof. So Bibb & Tucker, is it a... Can you... I've only seen it at Total Wine. Can you get it somewhere else? Or uh, no, it's a it's, a, it's a national brand. I don't think I don't is think it? it's okay. just a. It's not just a. It's not a house brand or anything like that. You can go and find all kinds of reviews out there. Now, when I do type in Bib and Tucker, the first <laughs> first result that comes up is, of course, uh, it's Total, Total Wine. Uh, but yeah, you can go to their their website and it looks like they got a lot of stuff on there. Actually, they have a really nice website now that I'm looking at it. Oh wow, that's a lot for you to see. I know. Bib and Tucker. But, yeah. Yeah, I do like... I can't believe they got away with that bottle and Redemption couldn't get away with theirs. <laughs> I mean, by <laughs> getting sued like, by Bullet and Diageo? Yeah. It's, 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 it's close. But I do like the bottle packaging. I've never had it. I'm assuming it's probably... Oh, yep. Tickle. Yeah, so, I'm sure it's all sourced. Which is not a bad Not a bad thing. thing. I, like, I like that. And double... Char charcoal filter or whatever. I like it. It's not sustainable, but we'll it's, let it slide this time until it's really a problem. 
Yep. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. So the third release from the Dancing Goat Presents series is called Quirky and Humble. It will release in June in Wisconsin, Illinois, North Carolina, Mississippi, and Missouri. And of course, Sealbox and SharedPour.com. It's a seven-year age-dated 41-barrel blend of 21% rye bourbon from Indiana's Breadbasket. What's unique about this release is it's blended from the lots that were aged exclusively in Corcus Humboldti, which is Colombian oak, like the country, not Missouri. A perusal of the standards will confirm, although it is not Corcus Alba, a chart oak container of Corcus Humboldti. I hope I'm saying that right. You'll probably correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, It still makes it bourbon if everything else follows the rules. The barrels were filled on 9-11-2015, and they harvested a titch over 1,300 wine gallons from 41 barrels at seven years and 199 days old. After marrying and redirecting a small portion of other unreleased projects, the blend was non-chill filtered at cash strength and yielded 893 six-pack cases and is bottled at 52.7% ABV. However, there was no uh, price that was mentioned here. Wonder if it's like Amberana tastes like. I don't know. It's another South American. I've never had Colombian oak. Uh, there's got to be a reason why no one else uses it. Well, I don't know. I mean, they bought a bunch of these barrels from Indiana that were aged in Colombian oak. So I don't know if it was like an experiment, and they said, "Hey, we'll take them." But I'm interested to try. Maybe we good. actually have a sample, so we'll be able to. Well, I'll be over there in like an hour. For, oh, yeah, that's true. Try it. So we can we can crack it open or we can save it. We'll be recording Whiskey Quickies again soon and we can hit it then. I'm excited yeah. to try. All right, let's keep going. Bardstown Bourbon Company, they will soon release its latest in the Discovery series, which highlights the art of blending. Through artfully combining rare and exemplary whiskeys from all over the world, this series pushes the boundaries of innovation by creating completely unique flavor profiles and styles. Bardstown Bourbon Company, Discovery number 10. Which I think, what, people started calling like Disco now, so Disco number 10. Disco. They will be available in the distillery gift shop and other retailers starting on Friday, June 2nd. Sorry, y'all, that was last week. Uh, Discovery number 10 blends five distinct bourbons of different mash bills, ages, and sources to create a whiskey that is deeply complex. So the majority portion is 62% of a nine-year-old Kentucky bourbon. That's 78% corn, 30% rye, 9% malted barley. 18% 18% of a 13-year-old Kentucky bourbon, that's a 75-13-12. of a six-year Kentucky bourbon, 53-26-21. That's kind of a random one. And then 10% of a 10-year Georgia bourbon, that's an 80-10-5-5. So it's a, a true four grain. I'm guessing one of those is wheat in there. And then also 2% of a 10-year Tennessee bourbon, that's an 84-8-8. Discovery Series, sorry, Disco Number 10 is presented at 114.24 proof and offered at an SRP of $140. Roughly 3,500 9-liter cases will be available through the Bar Center Bourbon Company gift shop and retailers in 24 states and online at sealbox.com. This is Dan Calloway's baby. He always knocks it out of the park on these. I, uh, I got to sit in on 8 and 9 with Dan. Those were fun good ones uh this one's interesting with those, those are some interesting that i've never seen that kentucky mash bill before that 53 usually 53 56 53 26 21 yeah it couldn't be 53 50 sorry i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm really feeling there's jet a, lagged right now big, <laughs> we gotta coin that we gotta do something and be like we went over 100 percent on the mash bill <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> like, how'd they do that? We're not telling you. It, it probably yeah. sell. So, <laughs> so independent bottler. Uh, if you've never heard it before, it's called That Boutique Whiskey Company, and they're shining a light on American whiskey in its latest collection. The new limited edition series showcases the history and diversity of whiskey in the United States, featuring styles including bourbon, rye, and American single malt from craft distilleries. The bottle labels are designed by Boutique's longtime illustrator, Emily Chappell, or Chappelle maybe, and that mimics the style of U.S. baseball cards and stars leading figures of the producers in the collection. The new American whiskey collection will include a five-year-old American single malt from Santa Fe Spirits, a straight bourbon from Kings County, two three-year-old rye whiskeys from Distillery 291, a six-year-old straight rye whiskey from Few Spirits, a Texan straight bourbon from Iron Root Republic, a six-year-old Pennsylvania rye from Dad's Hat, a three-year-old American single malt from Copperworks, a three-year-old bourbon from an unnamed Kentucky st- distillery as well. And you can view the full collection at thatboutiquewhiskeycompany.com. The boutique? Boutique. Yeah, they got some fun labels. I've, I've seen their stuff before. I remember when we started Pursuit Series, they were kind of, they weren't an inspiration, but I kind of just looked at what they were doing. And so they have some really fun labels that are out there. So hats off to them. But they're mostly focused on scotch. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it spelled B-O-U-T-I-K-I-E? Or not, gosh, I don't You're know. close. B-O-U-T-I-Q-U-E-Y. Gotcha. Boutique. 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 Okay. Isn't that just... Oh, never mind. I'm really jet lagged right now. I'm feeling the (laughs) Let's just keep going. We got a few more (laughs) bourbon releases. I'll quit commenting. So Woodford Reserve has released its annual limited edition high-proof expression, which is Woodford Reserve Batch Proof. At 124.7 proof, this expression, as was part of the Master Series collection, celebrates the commitment to craftsmanship of Master Distiller Elizabeth McCall and Master Distiller Emeritus Chris Morris. Batch proof showcases the flavor nuances created from mingling different Woodford Reserve barrels into one batch, then presenting that bourbon at the exact proof from the barrels. This limited edition collection is available in select U.S. and global markets and has a suggested retail price of $130. Tell you, Woodford is dominating international right now. Woodford and Jack, it's like they're everywhere. Well, good for them. That means that means there's more room for competition to come in. That's right, peasants. Yes, like us, we're coming. Like, why are we trying to push United on the on the United States? It's like, we should just go elsewhere and, and play the U.S. card, right? It's United, right? And I think because some somehow there's some people that kind of latch on to that culture we, we could probably dominate in some countries oh they love american stuff over mcdonald's there. and oh. ironic but ironically i go over there because i'm like oh i want european stuff <laughs> <laughs> you do it because of fashion that's why yeah i, I did I, I saw it in venice that stupid golden goose shoe yeah like uh, i shouldn't call, i was like i'm like this is where I, I can understand why they are the way, you know, the dirty mm-hmm. shoes, because the streets are so dirty everywhere. It's like, it wasn't a fashion thing. It's just people's shoes get dirty because there's puddles everywhere. <laughs> it, it's the same reason why we started buying jeans with holes already in them. Humans are brilliant. <laughs> the story, that's what it was, that's what I loved about going over to Europe and like you go to a place and you just see like all the different products you've never even heard of or like stores and they have customers and like, it's just, 
people just have stories in their heads about certain brands and certain things and like and it's stuff you've never even heard of so it's just funny that like you go to a different place and people feel the same way about different I, i'm trying i'm not explaining it very well but that's what i was doing. I, I might have caught a small nugget out of there but overall maybe there's somebody there that agrees with you if you if you agree with ryan go ahead and send him a message of encouragement encouragement ryan at bourbonpursuit.com that's right. Help me out here. <laughs> All right, here we go. So the annual, highly anticipated third release of Russell Reserve 13-year-old bourbon, which is their oldest expression of the core range, is a fan favorite from Russell's Reserve. It's now coming soon. Russell's Reserve 13-year-old is patiently crafted under the leadership of master distiller Eddie Russell, who now celebrates his 42nd anniversary at the distillery this summer. Arriving just in time for Father's Day, the exemplary 13-year-old bourbon pays tribute to the heritage and legacy of Russell's Reserve, originally created by Eddie as an honor and tribute to the work of his own father, master distiller Jimmy Russell. Eddie maintains the barrel proof of this whiskey, sorry, maintain, yeah, maintains the barrel proof of this whiskey and opts to not chill filter, retaining all the natural character of the bourbon, resulting in a more robust mouthfeel. Russell's Reserve 13-year-old will be available nationally from retailers as well as reservebar.com at a $150 SRP for a limited time starting around mid-June. Oh, wow. Um, I love these Russell's 13s. The, I, I've had batch one, batch two. This is the third one? I don't know how you've had would, batch one, batch two. Where, where was I? I don't, I, I don't even know if I've even... I think I might have tried one of these, but I can't remember. Well, I can bring you batch one over. You, I'll trade you a batch one sample for Colombian oak <laughs> sample. Yeah, get some of that dancing goat action. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I want to try it. I'm sure we all want to try it. It, it, it yep. won all kinds of accolades and whatnot, so I'm sure it's fantastic. Yep, as always. All right, here is our last news story, and that's the James B. Beam Distilling Company has announced the launch of Hardens Creek, the Kentucky series. It's a three-part release of Kentucky Straight Bourbon and Whiskeys that marks the next installment of the brand's collection of ultra-rare expressions, comprised of Hardens Creek Claremont, uh, Hardens Creek Frankfurt, and Hardens Creek Boston. The Kentucky series takes whiskey fans on a journey of Kentucky terroir, showcasing the influence of the diverse landscape and the flavor profile of each whiskey. So each expression within the Kentucky series is a 17-year-old bourbon, aged at one of the three Beam Distilling Company campuses in Claremont, Frankfurt, and Boston. All three liquids were laid down at the same mash bill and at the same time 17 years ago, but aged in different campus locations. So launched in 2022, Hardens Creek is a series of ongoing releases featuring some of the James Beam Distilling's rarest and most unique whiskeys grounded in rich distilling expertise. The release showcases the breadth and depth of their whiskey-making credentials, inclusive of age, blending, mash bill, distillation, barrels, rack house locations, and more. Expressions of the Kentucky series will be released in limited quantities and throughout this year, beginning with Claremont on June 1st, Frankfurt on August 1st, and Boston on September 1st. All three are bottled at 110 proof and each have an SRP of $170. Ah, so. 10 years, 10 years per age. Or $10 per like year. That, Sorry. $10 per year, but we, we didn't we have a prediction about this on the roundtable that, like, you know, Russell started it with their kind of warehouse thing and now yep other brands are doing yeah. it and and then, i think there was a then we're going to move to tears ttb label approval for something four roses that looked eerily similar too yep i like it i think it's cool um we'll see how far it goes well <laughs> we got you put you put the number 17 on a kentucky bourbon i don't think it's gonna have a problem selling 
You just put the number eight or higher. (laughs) (laughs) People go gaga. It's like for some reason you get that those two circles together, eight and above. That everybody's like, ooh, it's a must buy. I don't care what it tastes like. Don't care what it costs. It must be the magic number then. Well, I guess can you can we hold on for eight years? Can we hold on for a little bit longer? (laughs) (laughs) Hold. As long as people keep buying, who knows? We might we might be able to i don't know but we'll see I'm, I'm excited to try this so hopefully we'll get a sample and see what it's all about i'll text freddie <laughs> see what's up tell, tell him we'll bottle. trade some united <laughs> bottles for some 17 year i'm sure it's, it sounds like an even fair compromise well yeah because he, he doesn't pay for those <laughs> <laughs> so he'll get something for nothing sounds like a win then I'm, yeah. all right well that's gonna do it for this week in bourbon we had a lot to go through but that's what happens when we skip a week it does, yeah, and hopefully I'll be, my mind's a little scattered right now, so hopefully I'm a little more on my game next week. Sorry for the jet That's lag. okay. We're, we're trying something new. We're trying to record these during the middle of the day when we got all kinds of other crap going on too, so we'll just, we'll, we'll <laughs> find we'll find our groove at some point. Failing forward. That's what we As did. As usual. Well, cheers, everybody. We'll see you soon, and looking forward to seeing a lot of people at Pursuit Palooza this weekend. Yep. See you Monday when we're nice and cranky. (laughs) 